the Elevate Yourself podcast is brought to you in partnership with Athletic Brewing. Athletic Brewing is beer that is brewed without compromise. It tastes just like the hard stuff, except you don't get any of the baggage. So no hangover, less calories, less sugar, super yummy, and you can drink it any time of day. Encourage you to check them out at athleticbrewing.com and use code ELEVATE30. That's right, code ELEVATE30 at checkout for 30% off your first order. Do it. Hey now, and welcome to the Elevate Yourself podcast. I'm Rob, and I am thrilled to get to be the host of this show. I feel super lucky. I work for this awesome company called Elevation Health. And in each episode of this show, I get to have a conversation with folks from all different walks of life about how they elevate themselves. It's my hope that these conversations will make you think, force you to change your best, and as a result, help you get a little bit closer to becoming the best version of you. Dr. Don Brewer, thank you so much for doing this. Welcome to the show. Uh, no problem. Thank you so much for having me. It was good to talk with you. Um, so just kind of briefly tell folks a little bit about your origin story, maybe your education, your background, and uh, the awesome, awesome work that you get to do today. Let's see. Um, well, I'm currently an associate professor at the University of Kentucky in the Department of uh, Dietetics and Human Nutrition. And let's see, what I primarily do, I serve as the Director of Graduate Studies. Um, I am a registered dietitian, so I have all, you know, all that training um, and with my job. So I'm the Director of Graduate Studies, and I also do research, and I also do uh, teaching at the undergraduate and the graduate level. And um, I am originally from Pennsylvania, so that's where I did my uh, bachelor's degree in nutrition. And then after that, that took me to Iowa to um, do my dietetic internship. And then after that, I decided it would be fun to uh do a master's degree, and that took me to the University of Georgia, and then I uh, lived in North Carolina for a year, trying to figure out if I wanted to go on for a PhD or not, but ultimately, I decided I would, and then um, I went back to University of Georgia, did my PhD, and then I did a fellowship with the CDC, and then um, I saw a job at the University of Kentucky for a lecturer position, and then I ended up in Kentucky and then was promoted to assistant professor and then now uh, associate, and here I am. Such a, great, such a great journey, and I appreciate your journey like so many people's journeys where it's kind of you kind of think you're going one way, and then you're, going, well, we'll just go here, and then things kind of just weave themselves together to where we ultimately end up. It's pretty cool. Oh, yeah, for sure. Um, you mentioned all of those stops along the way and perhaps just kind of, I'd love for you to share a little bit of an overview of kind of your research interest initially, maybe like during your PhD and the work you did with the CDC and then kind of where you are now and the hope, the work you hope to do moving forward. Yeah. So, um, during my PhD, um, I did some basic science research and then, um, I ended up 
finishing doing uh, human research and with older adults and uh, basically working with senior centers and uh, trying to you know, teach older adults uh, some simple things that um, in their life stage that they can do to help them uh, remain healthy, manage chronic diseases and such. Um, and then when I came uh, to University of Kentucky, you know, that desire to trying to teach people how to eat healthy was still there. And I just broadened, broadened it more in, uh, in population to uh, just um, more communities in the sense of, and I, and I did more focused on fruits and vegetables. And um, it was more adults in communities, adults, older adults, but then it just became more, you know, like family oriented in the sense of if I'm trying to do community programs, you know, it would involve, you know, families and that could be uh, people of any age. So, um, so that's, that's what I've been working on at the uh, University of Kentucky, uh, just trying to get um, people to eat healthier, focusing primarily on fruits and vegetables and introducing them to the idea of phytonutrients and eating a variety of fruits and vegetables. Um, and I've, I'm currently the director or the, the core leader, sorry, the core leader of the Community Engagement Corps for the Superfund Research Center at the University of Kentucky. So when um, we talk about uh, nutrition, we talk about it with the lens of uh, protecting health from uh, environmental pollutants. So that's what I've been doing for the past uh, few years. Just awesome. Just such a range, truly, truly, truly from, yeah, uh, yeah from the uh, from bench to bedside, you're doing it. You've done it. Yeah. Um, you mentioned some of those, those, those good words that I love, fruits and vegetables, phytonutrients. Um, I'm excited to talk to you because February is National Heart Month. And so you've mentioned a couple of these and trying to get people to eat these things, but broadly kind of what foods make a person's heart happy? Like what, 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 what makes the heart smile when we put certain, what types of foods are going to make the heart smile? <laughs> Let's see. Uh, so primarily, like I was talking about, those uh, fruits and vegetables, that's going to make your heart awfully happy. Um, and really, you know, I mean, the best place to, to start and learn more about it, if, if people are learning for the first time, is uh, really look at um, my plate, which is in line with the dietary guidelines for Americans. And um, it's, and it's going to be just, just hitting those, those core um, fundamentals of good nutrition and it's either less saturated fat and eating those leaner meats and leaner dairy products um, and whole grains, of course, and, you know, thinking of other uh, protein sources other than, um, than meat and, you know, look at legumes and um, complementing proteins, you know, with uh, grains and legumes and such. Uh, so, so that's, uh, that's, that's how I do it, and that's usually what I tell people to do. And impart on my children as well. <laughs> right, and I, I want to talk about uh, the the knowledge of children in a second. Um, you mentioned the dietary guidelines and a word that gets thrown around a lot, and I think there may be some confusion for some people is this idea of dietary pattern, maybe over time versus short term. Uh, so many times family or friends, and I'm sure this happens to you, they're like, 
oh, I had, you know, we did this and it was bad or this week or it was, and I try to explain that, you know, we're looking at this over time. Um, why does over time matter versus that, that one meal that you had? Yeah, so um, that's a good point. And um, I would say, I mean, over time is, you know, that's how you want to think about eating. And, you know, you're not going to do it every meal, every, every day uh, with this idea of just like, I'm going to eat, uh, you know, that my plate, what that plate looks like for every meal, every day. Um, and there's, because we live in, in a society and our every day is not the same, every meal is not the same. So it's all about giving yourself some grace, but knowing that, that who you are and, and how you eat and that what you primarily do, you know, and if it's, if a healthy eating pattern is not what you primarily do then start making, you know, and you always hear make small changes, small changes. Um, because it is something you want to start adapting to and do it over time. It's not a diet. It's, it's your, your eating, your, your lifestyle of eating. Um, and my own personal story is, you know, I mean, I started when I was 19 trying to change how I ate. And, um, and also I wanted to be in, in shape physically. I wanted to be in shape and, um, I had, you know, my, my parents had some land in, in Pennsylvania and, you know, there was, there was a, a track to run or not a track, but a trail, you know, back in the woods to run. And it was about a mile long and it took me the entire summer to be able to run the entire trail. Um, and it's just something I had to try most. And I didn't do it every day. I, I did it most days of the weeks and I would try, you know, for when it was too hard, I'd walk. Um, but I finally got to the point and I'm not a runner. I'm a jogger slash walker. So, so it finally, I got to the point I could jog. So it was the same thing, you know, with the diet part of it. Um, I was working at Bob Evans at the time. And I remember my favorite lunch was to get a double order of fries and the Italian sausage sandwich. So, mm -hmm. and that's, you know, I mean, I was 19, I was eating what I wanted. Right. And it was delicious. So, you know, I started small. So, and truly, I didn't get a double order of fries. I got a single order of fries, and then I would get something else. And, you know, it wasn't necessarily, you know, a, uh, a salad. Um, it might have been like green beans or something, corn, you know, just, but something other than French fries, you know. And I would, I just did, just did little things like that until, you know, I found, because before I was trying, I was doing things short term. And it never worked, never, ever worked, because I always and I always stopped after a few weeks. So truly little changes that I could handle, um, you know, that, that's how I made it work for me. So I um, highly encourage little changes over time. Those are, those are both such great stories, hitting on the same point. And at the end of the day, what ended up happening was you became a person that went for the jog on that trail. Um, right. So it just became a part of your lifestyle and you became the person that, that, you know, didn't have the double order anymore. It took small changes to get there. That's yeah. Those are great. Just fantastic examples. Um, I, this popped up on my radar recently. Somebody sent it to me. And I think sometimes these news stories pop up and um, people are like, what do you think about this? And it was a, it was a Yahoo news story. Um, and it was a poll from a Harris poll from 2023, but they had lots of lots of scientists in there um, asking their opinion about it. And it, it's found that 
majority of Americans don't know that heart disease is the leading cause of death. Um, and so I'm just curious, do you have any thoughts on why you think more Americans are unaware of um, heart disease and how much the food we eat matters? The, what pops into my head, because um, I have not, you know, read read that article, but it could be just that it's not that people aren't aware of heart disease and the seriousness of it, but and it being the leading cause of disease. But I just wonder if people just are thinking of cancer and they would think of cancer as the leading cause of disease. Um, right. But um, I could, you know, I wonder if people, when they think of heart disease, these days, if, you know, if they aren't realizing it, it could be because, I mean, so many of us know somebody with heart disease, and we know a lot of people that have survived heart disease, right. and it's because, you know, I mean, you think of the healthcare, right. you think of a, you know, cardiac bypass surgery, yes. and I mean, it's like having knee surgery, you know, it just, it is so yeah. common, and, right. and that's, that's unfortunate that it's so common. It's wonderful that we have this medicine and the care um, that we can survive heart attacks or prevent heart attacks through, say, I mean, right. these are major surgeries. You know, we have angioplasty. Right. Uh, and I, I just wonder if it's because of, you know, the healthcare uh, that people may not realize how serious it is, but it's, it's just sad how much of it there is um, because right. that's not, that's not how we want to live. It's sad that we know so many people with heart disease. Yeah. I, I think you were, that was kind of my speculation too. And I'm, I'm glad you said what you said about cancer and heart disease too. And that I, I, my thought is that we have the tools in our toolkit from the medicine standpoint um, through all statins, everything else, you know, so we are, delaying it however um we doesn't uh i guess negate the um seriousness of it um and that that shouldn't be the reason to uh not do the things you just said about um making those behavioral changes yeah yeah it's hard uh, it's those are tough changes to make and you know i mean it requires discipline as well as you know I mean, we talk about food environment a lot um accessibility affordability and then discipline so those are three major major things that all play into it you mentioned your kids and so i would love for we have a lot of uh young parents here with with kids of various ages that listen to the show and just i would I always love any any good recommendations for maybe an easy um healthy meal for, for a family when it's like, you know, we have, uh, we have six minutes and I've got to get dinner together between four practices. Um, do you have any go-tos or any thoughts? Let's see. Um, I think for myself, I, uh, I do not shy away from frozen or canned, uh, vegetables. I, I use them a lot and, um, I know it just seems like there's this craze of fresh fruits and vegetables. Um, I, I am fortunate that I am able to have uh, fresh fruits on hand. Um, so I, those are my go-tos for snacks. And they always have been for my kids. Uh, we've started that young. And so they're very good with, with eating fruits. Vegetables, you know, I mean, I started them young on vegetables too. Uh, those are, it's still, but it's hard. It's hard to get them to eat vegetables. But, um, but 
I, it's really important to just keep offering, offering, offering. So for um, each meal, I really do try and get uh, a vegetable on their plate. And I use, I use a lot of frozen and a lot of cans uh, because of like you were talking about, I mean, there's a real time crunch and um, kids are hungry. So uh, before, you know, they start snacking on something and fill up before dinner, you know, I try and get dinner on the table fast. So that, that really helps. Um, it's just using what's already cut up in there. <laughs> it's a matter of heating it up. Do you have any, we have one question come in from a listener on this, and this is a follow-up. Any recommendations? I think sometimes people, um, you've dispelled this notion that, you know, um, frozen is not as good as, as fresh because we know that they're, you know, they're frozen um, at the point of peak freshness. So we can throw that out the window. They're just as good. But any recommendations for when you are cooking the frozen quickly so that it comes out still tasting good? Right. Um, let's see. For, you know, for frozen for myself, for things when we're talking uh, cruciferous vegetables, I've found roasting really, yes. really helps with the flavor. Um, so I, and I would say just careful with uh, just overcooking things. Um, and you know, it's like, you just don't want to like, like the go-to of just plain old boiling them. Um, but, but I find, uh, roasting some pan frying, you can add a little, little bit of butter to things that it, it is okay. Um, you can do, uh, obviously olive oil is a healthier choice. Um, but you know, it's, it's spices just, it, they just really can, can turn a dish around. Um, also, you know, if you're using uh, frozen and you're finding your kids don't like it, you know, you hear all the time just hiding them and, you know, spaghetti sauce. I, I hide stuff in spaghetti sauce. Um, nice. If I cut it up fine enough, you know, you um, use food processor or just use a knife and cut it up as small as you need to to hide it from your kids. That's my other go-to is just hide it within food. I love it. I love it. Yeah, stick it in the spaghetti. It's all going in the same place. It's excellent. Yeah. <laughs> um, we're about out of time, so I want to move to rapid fire real quick. I'm going to hit you with just a couple questions here to finish this out. You ready? Ready. All right. What's one thing you do every single day that elevates you? Oh, gosh. I pray. <laughs> Amen. Amen. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. I love that. That's so it. I, yeah. Uh, I, I, yeah, I pray. I daily. I do my best to pray the Rosary and the Chapel of Divine Mercy, and those. And uh, yeah, and I, I try to read the uh, daily reflections of the day. I, I follow the the Catholic Church um, readings, and that that's how I start my day. Excellent, excellent, excellent. Best purchase in twenty twenty three for less than thirty dollars. Oh gosh, I'm so cheap. Um, hmm. I know. I think what I would have bought. You know, um, I haven't used it yet, but I'm really excited to. I uh, bought myself a wetsuit because I get so cold, um, uh -huh. and it was under thirty dollars. And because I know I'm going to get cold in the summer, so I want to be able to uh, swim with my kids, and I'm okay looking like a fool when it's uh, 75, 80 degrees out. <laughs> I'm going to be in a wetsuit. <laughs> I'm with you. I have no problem with it. The older I get, the more I'm like, I get cold too, and I'm running, and I'm like, I'm putting it all on. You know, like, I don't care. Yeah. As long as stay warm. Yeah. It, it does not matter. Yeah. What's yeah. important is that I'll be able to 
swim with my kids, and I'm excited about that. Um, favorite warm the soul meal? You have a, a meal that you go to that's like, you know what? This is going to warm the soul. Things are a little things are a little crazy right now. We're going to have this meal, and everything's going to be all right. Ah, let's see. Um, you know, I just really enjoy uh, heating up some uh, tortilla chips with cheese on it, and I just put some store-bought salsa on it, and it just makes me so happy. It's so easy. Uh -huh. Oh, it's got all, all the good things. A little crunch, a little salt. Let's go. It's delicious. Spice. Yeah. Um, and then last one. Do you have a, a, a first principle quote or saying? I, I love quotes. Do you have a, anything that kind of grounds you or that kind of guides your your work? Let's see. Uh, don't have the exact quote. I'm trying to remember it, but I have the gist of it. And it is Part of my uh, email tagline is from uh, St. Maximilian Kolbe, and uh, basically says, without uh, sacrifice, there is no love. We're going to end it right there. I appreciate you sharing your love and your knowledge with our listeners today, Dr. Brewer. This has been such a treat. So good to get to talk to you. Um, you're just a joy and a light, and so we really appreciate you sharing it with the listeners. Thank you so much. Yeah, no problem. It's great chatting with you, and thank you for the opportunity. I appreciate it. As I mentioned, I work for Elevation Health, and we've been in business for 30 years, creating and cultivating wellness lifestyle management solutions that have improved the health and wellness for millions of people. That's right, folks. 30 years. For 30 years, Elevation Health has been fueling successful fitness experiences and community connections by engaging and motivating communities with wellness lifestyle management solutions. You can learn more about us at contactelevation.com or you can follow us on social media at elevation.health and to help us celebrate our 30 years in health and wellness, we invite you to join the celebration by visiting 30yearselevated.com.